Right. Some of this stuff, it's just like boil it down and go, how can I help? And if all you can do is give a kind word, well, great, be a motivational speaker. There's something you have. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is a new endeavor for you, welcome to the show. I really, truly appreciate you being here. I appreciate you giving me a chance to uh, entertain you and also uh, hopefully educate you and give you some gold nuggets that will help you in your business. That's the whole reason we're here. So thank you for being here. Guys, I've got a good one for you today. I've got a local guy, someone who lives in my neck of the woods, which is kind of fun for me. And uh, he's also a smart guy. He's got some very cool things going on. And he has a very niche offer or a very niche business and and industry that he serves. And he's going to bring that to you. And it's going to be a lot of fun. He is the founder and CEO of Mario Ficini Consulting. He's the founder and CEO of Freedom Platform, WordPress website builder, sought after motivational speaker, author, marketing trainer. He's the podcast a host of the podcast, The Expert Authority Effect. And I have been on his show. It was a lot of fun. He's a really good interviewer. And uh, he's going to talk to us about something today that I would venture to guess most, most of you have not really considered in your business to separate yourself, to be a differentiator in your marketing, and to drive more leads into your business. So grab something bolted down, hang on tight, grab a pen and paper. I bring to you without any further delay, Mario Ficini. All right, Mario, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. You're a busy guy. Uh, you're local, so it's weird. We're doing this the way I talk to people in Australia. We're in the same city, basically. We could do this in person, but thanks for joining me and taking the time. I appreciate it. Mike, the pleasure is mine, and I can't wait to share with your audience. Yeah, I can't either, man. Like I said, this is interesting. I, I don't know. I may have interviewed someone in our local market once or twice over the last seven years, but it's super rare. It's almost never happens. And I tell people where I'm from when I'm on shows, like, where are you from? I'm from Michigan. Like, oh, okay. You could tell they're always a little thrown. Uh, but this is awesome. And it's fun because I think uh, we've spoken. I was on your show. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, now you're here. And um, I suspect I could see in the, in the future us kind of getting together in person and chatting and collaborating because we have some stuff that I think we could probably benefit each other. So uh, I'm, I, I have this, the, the luxury of kind of being pre-warmed up and liking you on my show. Uh, so again, thank you for doing it. Let's give folks a little bit of context for you. Um, uh, they heard a little bit of the bio, but let's talk about your background. Let's dial this back before you were Mario, right? Before you're the guy that you are today. Where, where did you start your business life? Like, how did it start for you? And, and what did you do? And I don't know if this is like for you all the way back to like high school, or if you're the kid that was selling baseball cards when you were 10 years old, but talk to me where that entrepreneurial fire started. And then how did that progress for you as you got older? You narrowed it down pretty darn close. I got to give you that. So it was before high school, but I, I was older than 10. Okay. I was 12. <laughs> right bold age started, of 12. It was my first business, which was power washing, painting, uh, lawn maintenance, care, whatever I could legally, morally, and ethically do at 12 that you know I could get paid for. I've always just looked for ways to just add value to people and help them. Yeah. It's not that complicated. I think too many people nowadays get caught up with this, oh, there's a promo here and a shiny object here. It's like, stop. I've 
thrown paper and pens on the tables at my own events in person. And people think I have all this, you know, they see the show and they think I'm going to come in riding on a horse or an elephant with a, you know, lightsaber, something super dramatic. I'm like, stop. We're talking business. Keep it simple. Who are you helping? How are you helping? And what are you charging for it? Yeah, it's it's as simple as that. So even at twelve, I just was like, I want to make some money. Uh, people have a problem with their lawn, and I just literally just asked people. I'm like, Do you want, want me to cut your lawn? And they said, How much? And I said, fifteen twenty bucks. And they were like, Sounds good. And the my best story I have from that, even at an early age, before I was into self development, self help, and you know what I I say, refining the process. But the reality is. You don't even really need to the first few years. It's like, just build up your book of clientele. It's like, you want to do all these super advanced things. It's like, to for what purpose? To yeah. get clients? Well, just ask someone. I was coming home from church one day. The guy in the blue house on the uh, south side of the street, he looks horrible. It's hot. He's cutting the lawn. He looks miserable. He's got this half million dollar house, beautiful boat and probably quarter million dollar boat in the back. And what's he doing? He's cutting the stupid lawn. I'm driving back from church. I just pull in his driveway, walk up. He turns off the mower, walks over. And here was my pitch. I go, doesn't look like you're enjoying that. He goes, nope. I go, you'd probably rather be on the boat, right? Yep. I go 20 bucks. I go, why don't you go pack your cooler? I'm going to go change and I'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm not sure if I asked him if he wanted me to or not at that point, but it was just like, this guy clearly looks like he's miserable. Yeah, It's a beautiful day. I knew the area. I knew the demographic. And for me, it was just common sense and inherent. I didn't run a Facebook test with ads and see which was getting a higher click-through rate. Would you rather be on the boat or the golf course? I mean, right. some of this stuff, it's just like boil it down and go, how can I help? And if all you can do is give a kind word, well, great, be a motivational speaker. There's something you have that yeah. you can lead with that right now you don't need to do anything else, invest anything or refine it. Just lead with what you have and grow and enjoy the journey over the next six to 12 months. Totally. So what were you like? First of all, let me ask you a question. This is something I, I've been asking my guests, and this is a good time to ask because of what you just said. In your opinion, are entrepreneurs born that way or do they become entrepreneurs as they get older and life kind of does what it does? Oh, that's a loaded question. It's the uh, environment versus... I think everyone's born the same. No one knows anything about how you're programmed as, you know, what you were taught. Yeah. Because there's people that have horrible backgrounds. And I used to say, I don't wish that upon anyone. And truly, on a core, personal level, I really don't want harm on people. However, all the business success stories I've seen, heard, know as sharing stages with or had on my show or just in general, they didn't grow up super comfortable. They had yeah. some of the biggest hurdles to get over in life. And the same people who took it and went to jail and did horrible things, they turned it into multi-million dollar companies. And I go, what the heck's the difference? Right. So I think you might be born, uh, you know, you might be more outgoing. Absolutely. You might be more of an extrovert than an introvert. But the whole should I get a job or start a company thing? I think that's more, um, it's personal choice. Yeah. You know, what do you see examples of? Because there's people who have plenty of personal examples of go get a job and they're still like, absolutely not. Yeah. And there's people who might be born, and I know people born into entrepreneurship, you would think they're skyrocketing. Yeah. But 
they had everything so good, there yeah. was never any struggle. And I think that struggle or that maybe not even struggle, just I'm annoyed enough where I want to do something about it. And this is an opportunity for me, uh, grew up on the water here in uh, Metro Detroit on Lake St. Clair. And the same guy that, you know, I, I turned into a client, I was turning everyone into clients because it was easy and I knew they wanted to be on the boat. You know why? I wanted to be out there too. And when I bought, uh, before I bought my wave runner, I saw all my friends on their wave runners and boats and whatever that their parents were buying. And I felt like, why am I cutting this stupid lawn when I should be out there? And then interesting, it flipped because I was building the appreciation for it. And my parents told me I can have anything I want as long as I pay for it. And I was like, game time. <laughs> That's awesome. So wh- what did, what did post high school look like for you? What did you do? What, what was your, what was your goal at that point? Or where was your direction at? Uh, high school was honestly getting through it. I've, I have a respect for teachers. I think education is important. I believe you can self-educate and I don't believe everyone is designed for the schooling system. Okay. My goal for high school is getting through it because I was not the one who was loving high school. Yeah. College was, let's say, a stage of denial. Okay. Would you ever see me as a uh, lawyer? No. Why not? Uh, you have too much personality. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment because you're saying, no, you couldn't see me as it. And I'm like, I could do it, but I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> what about FBI, CAA, or doctor? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Police? Nah, not police. That You don't feel like police to me. Maybe doctor. I don't know. Why do you ask? I originally wanted to be uh, be a doctor in uh, grade school, FBI, CIA, police in middle school. And then I, in high school, it became lawyer. Okay. Took uh, two years of law enforcement. So college was uh, the denial stage, let's call it, because uh, I'll never forget my friend Scott, who we were going to Huntington Bank. Uh, if you're local, you know where, you know, they're all around. And mm-hmm. I was taking all my lawn money. And I used to call it the nuisance because literally... And I would never advise this. Don't speak that trash into your life. Now I know better about using your words, but I used to call it the, oh, I got to go to the nuisance again because it literally became a nuisance having to go to the bank two, three, four times a week to drop off money. Yeah. How twisted is that? What right. kind of, pro, you know, life <laughs> problems, if you will. But exactly. I remember walking out of there because in college, I was saying in late high school, He's going, uh, I was telling people, well, I'm going to go to Wayne State's law school and become a lawyer. Oh, I'm going to be. And I think it was more a narrative that just sounded good. It was impressive and it shut people up. But the reality was I knew I was doing business hardcore. And I remember going to the bank with them. We're going to go do some lawns. And I actually ended up hiring my friends at some point, my first staff and team. And we were walking back to the car and I'm like, all right, should we do this or that? And he just stops and looks at me and he goes, are you really telling people that you're going to go to law school still? You know, that's a lie, right? (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, cut the crap. And I was like, huh, maybe he may. Maybe I just was a convincing enough actor that I, I convinced myself. And it was a few months later, I go, you know what? Um, I remember sitting in Macomb Community College parking lot, South Campus, and crying in the car because I was like, I just felt lost. But the reality was I knew I was going to be done with school. And my goal was going to be either uh, a lawyer, which now in my mind, I'm going, well, this isn't true. What do I do? Well, the second phase of my plan, become a lawyer, 
start my own law firm. I always wanted to make make good money, help other people, and work for myself. Can do that with a law firm. Yep. Once I cross that off, I go, what's next? And this was by the time I was 24, 25. And at 25, I wanted to make movies. So I go, once I get this off the checklist, I'll have the money and the funding, you know, because I'm uh, a good lawyer making, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars a year and everything, which one isn't always the case because I asked a dozen lawyers that I knew as I was going through it. They're like, you're going to need 20 years to get to that point. I'm like, what? <laughs> so then I go, well, if I cross this off, what do I do? And I, 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 started making movies and video and production. Uh, again, Macomb Community, Co- Macomb Community College, South Campus, the MACA program. Love it. Very thankful for them. And I saw the video equipment room. I was about to leave school, taking an acting class. And one day, we went from the theater stage. And he goes, we have to go over here. They're going to record our performances so we can track it. And I walked in there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this little gem? So I decided to stick around four more years and uh, study everything I can in the program for the tune of 120 or 128 credits worth of the curriculum. Wow. But wow. I never graduated. <laughs> you went long enough to be a doctor, but never graduated. I like it. I like it. I was using it to help my clients at the time. Yeah. And I literally would go to a client meeting in between classes. And uh, one of the classes, uh, Bill, I go, you know, I'm doing client work, right? He goes, yeah. I go, I don't have time for the homework and the client stuff. You know, I'm not going to do homework over client work. Can I use it? He goes, it's the same stuff. It's fine. Because I was literally producing commercials, music videos, and uh, video content for people. So yeah, that's how all this came to be. I always had the passion for it. It's a creative medium. You can help people. It's a huge value add for marketing for businesses. So mm-hmm. I've refined my process and created what I have based on now 20 some years experience with just doing what I love. So are you still doing any video work for people or is that just something you did for a while and, and moved on to something else? Or is that is that a still a part of your business structure? It's actually a very large part of the uh, video, uh, uh, the video launch with the book and uh, for business book publishing, which is my primary focus. Okay, I incorporate video in everything I do, and highly recommend people do, regardless of what it is. There's different ways you can do it, use it, and leverage it. But to answer your question, I have some high-level clients that uh, I take my crew on location, and we can film some very cool stuff. Yeah, like Hollywood-level productions on location. So it's very select and there's a large bar to uh, qualify for that. But yes, I have uh, actually my crew is the ones I've known for 15 years and they've actually worked on movies like Transformers and Spy Kids and different things. So they help me produce EA interviews and I'm very thankful for them. So nice. We do fun stuff and uh, we help a lot of people in the process. And that's the most important thing, adding value and helping your clients get more clients. So how would you, let's help us get people get their arms around it because I think they can feel that there's a lot of things that you do, that you are doing, right? You do, you speak at events, um, you have various businesses, help people get their arms around a little bit. What does your world look like? Where is your where is your primary focus? I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes like if you, I did it the other day, I, I was on a plane coming back from uh, an event, and I said, you know what? Sometimes I just need to like get all my thoughts on paper, and I'm like, all right, what are all the things in 2021 that I have my 
hand in that's important to me that I can't just not do. And sometimes it's hard for me even to get my arms around what I'm doing. And I had nine nine categories, nine things that I do, that I'm, I own, I'm a partner in, or that is important to me that I cannot let fall, right? Nine things. So help us get our arms around your world. What, what, what does your world consist of? What do you focus on week to week? Like, where's your primary focus? Great question. And I love the fact that you said, write it down because it's business book publishing. Okay. The specific clients that will expand and add part of the process, the video to are publishing clients. I'm not knocking on people's doors saying, hey, we'll do video stuff. It's been years since I've done that. My primary focus this past decade has been business book publishing for me and my clients and authors to grow their business. It's a great way to do it. And I decided uh, when I launched EA Interviews, it's what I will be doing for the next decade. Gotcha. Along with the show. So the day-to-day now is my author clients helping them and EA Interviews. Okay. Which is a lot of fun too. Um, But the focus is primarily business book publishing as far as what we're willing to do for other people. Got you. Love it. Thank you for the clarity. I appreciate that. So let's talk about that. Why is business business book publishing such a huge focus for you? Why did you choose that? And I, it's kind of a loaded question. I think I know, but I want people listening to understand. So I, I smile when uh, I, I get asked this because as much as I love video and wrote my first book on video marketing, it still takes more work. And ever since I launched EA interviews, people go, well, why don't you lead with podcasting? It still takes more work. I can take someone, whether they have a written manuscript or not, from where they are right now today to finish book publish in eight weeks, no matter what, with the expert authority effect publishing method. And I've refined it so much over this decade that I can take people that quick. And that's why I'm specific to business book publishing because the reality is all if you want to get more leads and profit, which every business does, you already have the answers and your expertise. All we have to do is showcase it different way. And then there's ways to leverage your time and time compound and stack it. That's why I can pull it off because if you want to do a traditional route, which is fine, I've I've actually had authors who have done traditional books come back to me going, well, that was great. It took 12 to 18 months or 24, but they don't help as much with the marketing. There's some newer companies that will do a little bit more here and there. They'll run some Facebook ads and stuff like that, but that's still not it. There's so much to it and so many ways you can promote it that if someone has a written manuscript or nothing written, it doesn't even really matter to me because... If you have a business and you can prove to me you get people results, you actually care and want to help people, and you've been doing it, you know, I don't even want to say more than two to five years because the reality is, what if you started a business this year and you took it from nothing to six or seven figures in revenue because you have 30 years expertise? Right. Doesn't mean you had the business the whole time. So if I, once I know someone's heart and their results, I just, whether they say I have a process or not, I go, let's talk about what you do. How do you help people? And it's fun for me to, when they go, well, I can't write it. It's too hard. I don't have a process. How could I ever do this? I go, let's just have a conversation. And by the time we're done within a half hour, 45 minutes, I go, 
here's your here's your five, seven, ten, or twelve step process. They're like, where'd you get that from? I go, you've had it this whole time. I just need to know you can follow through with it because the second we do our thing, people are going to be attracted to you. You're going to get more leads and profit. I don't want you dropping the ball on them and do it just as a, I'm doing this as a thing. I want to know you can provide the results. That's, That's a deal breaker for me. If you're not legit and you can't provide the results ongoing and haven't demonstrated it, I'm not going to take some. When you say provide results, what do you mean specifically? Like for people who take studies, have you helped two or three people or have you helped dozens and dozens or hundreds or thousands? Right. You know, if you just launched something last month and you have two people you've helped, great, good for you. That's a great start. But come back in six to 12 months when you can say, I've done this consistently because I don't want to amplify something and it's not good and true. Yeah. And then a year from now, you know, I'm the bad guy because, and you know, you're the bad guy or girl just because it's like, you know, marketing is very powerful. So, um, I, I, that's my one deal breaker with people. I love helping people, but if you're just looking to screw people over, absolutely not. I'm not gonna. So who should be writing business books? Let me just preface it this way before you answer that. I know a lot of business people. I've met hundreds of people in the real estate world who have businesses. I would say almost none of them to a slight fraction of a percent actually have ever written a book. So there, so that means the majority of people, at least in my world, have never written a book. Why should they care about writing a book? What's the point? What's the Why, why even put in the effort? Even if you're going to help them, why even spend 1% of their time thinking about that? Because for every hour they put, at, no, let's take it back. For every minute they put in, it's going to amplify it at least 10 times over. So why would they go to a networking event to get leads, right? Well, you're driving, you have to deal with, you have to deal with snow, heat, maybe there's a plumbing break, maybe there's this, that, the other thing. There's no leverage to it. It's still one-on-one. The second we're done with your book, I can get you a thousand to 10,000 copies. You give them to people and you now have a thousand to 10,000 leads. Sharing your expertise, going through the sales process, lowering that wall, lowering the barrier. So by the time they talk to you, they're already pre-qualified and you've already sold them. Now it's just a matter of, hey, let's get uh, get the paperwork done and start looking and uh, listing the house or the wholesale or the whatever, you know, whether they're buyer's agent, seller's agent, wholesale, uh, foreclosure special, whatever the case is, you're disseminating that information and expertise. So you don't need to spend three to five hours plus on average going back and forth, selling them on you. Right. That's yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point. And I would think too, like, I don't know about you. I just feel like writing a book still separates you. You know, everyone has business cards. Everyone can talk a good game. Not many people will put the time and effort in to, to take the book on, right? And if you have that, that's a that's a fairly powerful uh, leg in or foot in the door, or at least to show that you have enough expertise to put it down on paper and it fills up 50,000 words or whatever the book is. Like it doesn't necessarily mean, like you said, you could, people can write books and be kind to of 30, full of just, it. it. Just not to overwhelm anyone, 20 to 30,000 and you'll be fine. Okay. Is that what it is doesn't, that? It doesn't, you know... Uh, 110 to 150 pages. Most books that are 180 or more, they significant. The longer they are, the long, the light, less likely someone is to finish it. For a business book, one of my first ones was 60 to 70, and people could knock it out two, three hours. I loved nothing more than them buying it now, and then calling me tomorrow or emailing or whatever, reaching out, said, "Read your book, loved it, implemented it. What do you think of the new channel?" Yeah. 
you want them taking action, getting that result. I don't right. want you reading an encyclopedia for six months and then it's, you know, it it's designed to be fast and get results. So the reason you do over a hundred is so you can actually have a spine and put your <laughs> gotcha. name on the spine and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. do all that. But after, if you look at most books, they stop around 170, 180 because it just drastically drops off. Just really? like lengths of movies. Why are most movies an hour and a half to two hours? No one's going to sit around for five hours. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. So do you work in all industries for as far as business books? Just business. If there's no niche within business that you're focused on, it's just all business? Business books specific, nonfiction business books specific to lead and profit generating. Okay. Lead and profit generating. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So again, you could have uh, a CEO that has a great autobiography and you know what? They want to share the story by all means. Absolutely. But do you want to generate leads and uh, profit with it? Or is it just, I just want to do a tell all and have a document of what I did. So you don't, the book doesn't have to be about lead and profit or lead and like that. The book doesn't have to, that doesn't have to be the subject, but the goal with the book has to be to bring in The goal of the book is, do you want to get this in a thousand people's hands and market it and use it as a tool and an asset, like a business card? Yeah. Why do you do business cards? So people follow up with you and it generates leads. Well, that lasts for about two minutes. Statistically, a book will last for two years. Gotcha. They're gotcha. not going to throw it away if you give it to them. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, and the better the better book you do, because we specialize in quality books, not just something out there. And when it's hardcover, it's got a case jacket, it looks fantastic. Yeah. They put a value on it and they're like, wow. Even if they don't read the whole thing the first day, like you said, it separates you. I'll, I'll be straight up. I've never really said this, but when people are applying to be on EA interviews, I look to see if they have a book or not. Anyone can talk. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's it's nothing as a, well, I won't have you. But again, what's your heart? Can you get people results? Because the inherent thing with publicity, you know, they're listening to us right now. They're going to go, wow, Mario's great. And they'll want to check out free business book publishing course. Or they're going to go, I hate this guy. He's an idiot. And they don't check it out. But if the whole intent is to get more visibility, so where do they go? They start looking. If you have nothing else for them to dive into, it's a huge disservice. So you're you're not amplifying a problem necessarily, but you're not giving them any more to go deeper with you. Yeah. So it, it's not that I don't want them. It's like, well, why haven't you built out this whole suite? Because there's tons of people you alluded to in my public speaking. I've been doing that nearly a decade also. It's like, why wouldn't you do public speaking and have a book? Because they go, they're hand in hand with each other and people want to get to know you. And if you haven't done public speaking, well, shoot some videos. Now we're back to the video thing. Do 10, 20, 30 videos so they at least can get a wrap their uh, head around your personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? People don't want to do business with corporations and entities. They want to do it with people. Show them you're a person. Yeah. I like that. I like that. How old were you when you wrote your first book? Uh, 20, you're making me do math. 28. 28. Okay. Was that the expert authority effect? Was that the one? No, it was video, uh, video marketing for business. Owners. Okay. I got them out of order, out of order here. So what made you write that one? Okay. Before, maybe before you were a total like book publishing guy, maybe you I've were always at loved publishing. I've always okay. loved reading. I've always loved, uh, I said reading. I've, I, I was reading eighth grade books by third grade love what they do, always knew the benefits. I failed English seven times. That had some serious head trash with it. 
And I remember crying my eyes out the night I went to publish it because I went to just tweak the table of contents. Six hours later, I added 30 more pages to the book. (laughs) And I'm like, what is going on here? It was so emotional and so real for me. But once I got past that, I mean, I always knew logically it was beneficial, this and that, and that's why I was doing it. But Mm -hmm. once I did it, I, I, I had booked 12 speaking engagements before it was even published. And I was like, holy smokes. And it's only trickled and went up from there. And um, yeah, that was in 2012 when I released um, Video Marketing for Business Owners. And the subsequent books are, again, same process specific to um, one of them's the software I developed to build WordPress websites automatically in under five minutes. Okay. Um, Developed an enterprise uh, SaaS for that. Got to do a book on it. Same purpose as what I'm talking about and teach people. The expert authority effect is taking video podcasting and publishing and creating a synergistic effect with it. They're all beneficial. Publishing is still the best and easiest hmm. and the quickest. That's funny. People would not would not think that publishing a book is easier than a podcast, for example, right? Podcast, you just need a microphone, turn it on, start talking, upload it to lips and you're done. For one episode. How That's many true. do you have now? Uh, I've recorded 345. No, I'm so, sorry. I take that back. I take it back. 445. I'm, I'm 100 off. I just remember. We just, we're just just going to... Next week will be my 400th published episode. I have 435 done. Congrats on that. That's huge. Sincerely. Thank you. Over how many years? Seven. So is that more or less than eight weeks? Uh, it's a lot more than eight weeks. So I have nothing against podcasting. I have a great top 100 entrepreneurship show. Fantastic. EA interviews. It's longer than eight weeks. Yeah, and it's exactly. not stopping anytime soon. Yeah, it's so an ongoing It's not thing. that I'm against it. Same thing with video. It takes longer than eight weeks. Yep. Yep. Definitely does. Definitely And does. the podcast, I mean, I guess you could argue you could take an episode. It would be more of a short form masterclass webinar, whatever, and send it to a thousand people. But if you had someone send you a 45, 50 minute video, are, are you more likely to watch that? If you send a video to a thousand people, are you? Do you think most of them would rather watch that and get back to you, or do you think the book would be more impactful? The book would probably be more impressive. I think people are just media has gotten to be, you know, background overwhelming. A bit. Overwhelming is too much. And even if you said they'd watch the video again, you could argue. Well, depending on the niche, the demographic, and if their boss made them do it or not. Blah blah blah. Okay, I still have a rebuttal. Which one would be easier in the back of a room room when you're on stage as a speaker? Yeah. influencing the room hundreds and thousands of people. Right. Yep. Totally. Agreed. Books will always win. When it comes speaking, to video... It'll be speaking and books will always win, but I'm not backing down from the others because they're extremely powerful, used yeah. in conjunction, creating that synergy. I'm just being upfront and honest. They both take more work. Totally. Regarding video and audio, would you... I know we had a conversation before we jumped on here live and I know where I stand and I think I know where you stand. But when it comes to people who say, all right, I, I'm not going to write a book for whatever reason. Let's just say they, they, they're not doing it, but they want to take advantage of the benefits of doing audio and video and they're willing to put in the time. Would you, how, how, how much do you suggest people wait until they can get the proper setup versus I've got this $20 mic and I've got this, my camera on my phone, which is bigger. They're getting pretty good now, but and I'll just start with what I have. I've got $50 worth of equipment and I'm just going to go and start publishing stuff versus hold off, 
do it right, get the audio right, get the video well done? Like, where do you stand on perfection versus done? So I've always taught, and you you know as well as being on my show, the imperfect action around, always taking perfect action. Speed will trump anything, Yeah. okay? It doesn't need to be perfect. With that being said, don't do it sloppy for 15 years. I've said for years, don't get stuck in startup mode. Yep. And just because you started with a $20 mic doesn't mean you should keep it 500 episodes later. Right. So start where you are, get some results because that will give you the confidence to go, maybe I should do 10 more, maybe I should do 10 more. And maybe you're not sold on the idea to begin with, but after you start doing it, you'll go, oh my gosh, this is limitless. And now you have a reason to invest. Yeah. Same reason someone wants to buy from you. They're not going to give you a $100,000 contract right out the gate just because you said hi to them and you're wearing a tie. Give right. them a reason and show them the benefits. And it's like once you start wrapping your head around it, you go to those stages. With that being said, it all sums up to are you, are you curious or committed? Yeah. Because I know people that have had shows for five plus years that have a $20 setup and they're happy. It's like the whole ignorance is bliss. They're happy with it. They have no desire to do the video. However, what is your intent? Who are you looking to serve? If you're just looking to be a talking headpiece and, you know, say some things here and there, well, cool. Good for you. Seriously, it takes work. You did more than most people. But if you're really looking to go, how can I serve the most people with the most leverage and the highest profit? There's no reason not to do the video. Well, it takes more work. Well, so does everything. Like if that's your excuse, you're probably not committed. And that's fine for now or maybe ever. But you just have to ask yourself, I was committed. So I go, I want to do this top notch. I never wanted to have the opportunity to have Oprah on the show and be like, well, I don't have the right bandwidth or, well, I should have got the $50 mic instead of the 20 or I, I've never done this enough, so I don't even know what to ask. I never wanted yeah. there to be a reason why I would have to say no that's outside of my control Yeah, or that's inside of my control. Sure. I no, say. I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with you totally, 100%. I, I, the setup that I have is certainly not what I started with um, because I think if you're going to take it seriously, you have to kind of upgrade, upgrade yourself, upgrade your equipment. And by the way, it's not just equipment. It's like you, like you, you need to get better. You need to listen back to your episodes, understand what you're doing right and wrong. Like be critical. I, I, when I speak people, I I get this all the time. You come off the stage. I'm sure you know this, you've spoken and people will almost inevitably say that was awesome. That was great. Good job. And I, I realized that whether I was good or not, there's an obligation there for them to say something when I walk off, right? So I think most people are going to be nice. And then I'll come home and my wife will say, how did, the, how did it go? How do you think your presentation went? And I go, I, I really don't know until I go back and look at it myself because I will be objective and critical. I have no problem saying <laughs> that was crap. I really kind of screwed that one up. I don't think any of us have a problem being critical of ourselves. I, so I know some people that really think the world of themselves, but and they shouldn't. But, but the point is, I don't know until I see it because in the moment, I can't, I can't evaluate myself in real time as I'm trying to, you know, give give value to people. So I need to go back and look at it. Same with my podcast. I don't make a habit of listening to every single podcast at this point, but I do go back and sort of audit myself on my podcast and I'll listen to them once in a while. I'll listen to most or all of an episode, especially if I had someone on that I really enjoyed. I might want to go back and just listen to it as a as a, per, a fan of that person, but I want to hear what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong on that show. And I, I can always get better. And I think this is a mistake people make. They, they get a certain level of expertise and they just say, I'm good enough. That's that's as good as I need to be for that, right? And they don't try to become an expert, right? To your point, they become proficient, maybe good, but mm-hmm. not an expert. I think being an expert 
anyone can be good at something. Very few people can be an expert at something. Or not, not very few people, everyone can. Very few people put in the time and the energy to be an expert at something. And people are attracted to experts. They're not attracted to people who are pretty good. Yeah, when you look at the top build people around the world, whether it's sports, celebrity, this, that, the other thing, who do they go for? They go for the best of the best. Yeah, and I think it's it's like a, a personal hell being in the middle or middle class or mediocre. Or, you know that you know I got a C plus B plus average. It's like you're just kind of there, and good for you for being better than most. But I wasn't born to be average or better than most. Yeah. You can't affect it. If you truly want to help people, you can't, you're not going to have the biggest reach unless you're at that mastery level. And that's what, I mean, okay, so it takes some work. But think about it. When you get there, it's less work because there's so few people and you're, you're, you're the category of one. Yeah. Everyone knows you as, you know, the business book publishing expert. Totally, totally. Yep. Not just a publisher. Yep. You know, you you narrow it down and be like, well, do you have a six, seven figure business? Do you want to use it for leads and profit? Do you actually have case studies? Oh, wow. How are you getting such great people on the show? I set the bar high. Yep. I totally. didn't just go, oh, you, you want to be on a show? Oh, come on mine. I don't yep. want everyone. Same thing with clientele, friends, family, whatever. Uh, maybe not family. Well, whatever. That uh, The point is you get to choose what you want and who you want to attract. So why not be the best at it? Because there is a point, and I got to be honest, the first year it was like uh, launching the show was priming the pump, just like with the publishing. I had to figure out a lot of stuff out or video. It's it's like, but once you get to that point, it's like, oh man, yeah, this is easy. All you got to do is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. People can sense that. It's not, oh, um, okay, so you need to go through, these are the steps, I'll ask my team. No, you need a... Yep. especially on stage, they're going to be reading you. Yeah. And you don't have time. You either know it or you don't, and you can't hide it. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a tie or not. That's just yep. to say, I respect myself and you, and it works better for photos. But the reality is none of that matters if you don't know your stuff and you, you're you just a bad person or give off a bad vibe. People can read you like, they can read you like a book. Exactly. No pun intended. So if people want to reach out to you, they're like, okay, I buy it. I believe him. I believe he can help me. I believe that I have a book inside of me that I'm excited to get out. I want to drive leads. I want to make money. How can people, what's the first step? How do they get a hold of you? What do they do if that's something that's interesting to them? Well, this is going to be a little contrarian, but it's honest to God truth. I've been using an application process for years and highly recommend people do so. Even if they buy in right now, I still don't know if I buy into them. Sure. So that's why I created free business book uh, publishing course because not everyone is a fit, but the best place to get access to that and my free gift to your audience is eainterviews.com forward slash free gift. Okay. Got it. And I will put that in the show notes, guys. So if you're driving, if you're walking on a treadmill, running, whatever, don't worry, I got you. But we'll have it in the show notes. But that's awesome. Yeah, I really do want to serve and help so many people. But I, I get a lot of people that reach out. It's like they're just not ready. It's just not the right timing. And it's not that I don't want to help them. So I have a ton of free resources. But for someone who is a right fit, it's like I, I make sure it's a hyper right fit. And one of my favorite authors, she... uh we were talking on the phone. She got to the stage where I'll personally get on the phone with them or uh, one of my book con- uh, concierge uh, counselors. And we're going through this process. And I was talking with her and she's like, so so do I qualify? I go, you've told me a good story. You've told me a little bit about you, but uh, you know, why, sh- why shouldn't I tell you no right now? And it was like 20, 25 minutes later. 
And I could just tell that, you know, I knew she was a good fit and she just got lit up. She was like, let me tell you this. Well, did it in long story short, she goes, I am going to be your best student. I'm going to have the best this, that, the, I was sick and drove myself to the hospital. So I didn't miss the test or something. And here's what I've done for people. And, and she was just, she went into like hyper. I could tell she was passionate. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was looking to do. There's sometimes some people I've said, well, you know, you sound good, but you know, why shouldn't you tell me no? And they're like, well, I've told you everything. I'm like, okay, they're just lukewarm. <laughs> You can't do anything lukewarm. Yeah, totally. It's man. either an absolute yes or a hell no. Got it. Do me a favor. Give them that Give that website out one more time. I want to make sure people got it EA right. Interview, EAinterviews.com forward slash free gift. Gotcha. Perfect. Listen, man, thanks for doing this. You're a fun guest. I had a oh, great time pleasure. on your show. You are you are an awesome dude. And uh, I look forward to meeting up soon and uh, maybe having a coffee or grabbing dinner or something and catching up. Uh, it's cool when there's there's not many people that are in my neck of the woods that I can do that with. So I, I look forward to doing that and uh, seeing if I we can well. better benefit each other in ways down the future uh, or down the road, I should say, in the future. That would be awesome. I'm always, and this is what I'm talking about. I'm always looking for synergies and partnerships and just looking for ways to help people because whether we're in the same industry or not, and I know we straight up, we're, we're going to be uh, friends for the next decade plus forever. But th- even if it's not that ideal, yeah. there's still someone you know that even if it's an introduction, you know, just yeah. think of ways to help people. And when you, when you go from this servant, I want to help people, it's not like I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going, well, I want to sell everyone how many people are listening and have them do it. I, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but for lack of better words, it's like I want it to be such a great fit. It's a no-brainer. I don't want any Agreed. confusion. I want to absolutely yes. And it's the same thing when you meet people. It's like if you're doing interviews, which you should be, promote it, even if it's not for a book to promote your business, but for sure do it for your book. It's like just look for ways to add value, even if it's someone helping someone get something off a top, top shelf if you're taller like I am. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? If you're always in that mindset, everything's just going to fall into place and it's a lot more fun and you attract the good people to you. Yep. I mean, business aside, it's like, what are we doing here? It's like to serve and be in the community with each other. So totally that's agree. my thoughts on it. So definitely looking it. forward to seeing you in person soon. Same here, man. Same here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for your time. You guys stay safe, stay healthy and uh, prosperous 2021, brother. Absolutely. You and your family as well. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mario. He's a cool guy. Uh, he is a Michigan guy, which is kind of fun for me. And uh, just you know, a little bit different perspective on how you promote yourself, how you get your brand out there, what you should do to stand out from the crowd. And doing video, adding video to what you're doing, or more specifically for him, because he's an audio video guy for sure at, at heart, right? That's where he started. But adding a book to what you have to offer to get yourself in front of audiences that can get you more leads, get you more clients. You know, he doesn't just deal in real estate, guys. He helps people in a lot of different industries, but his message and what he does for people translates into our industry as well. You want to stand out from the crowd? Have a book that maybe you bring to the to the sellers when you go for that seller's meeting to buy their house. Like, hey, I am actually an expert in this. I know what I'm doing. And here's a book I wrote, right? Give them a book. It, it endears people. It gets people to know, love, and trust you a little faster. It's just another tool in your tool belt. And like he said, his company can help you get that done in just about eight weeks. So really had a good time uh, interviewing him, had a good time talking to him. I hope you guys got something out of that. 
bottom line, though, you could tell just from talking to Mario and answering the question of like, what all are you involved in? What have you done? He's got a lot of irons on the fire for sure. And I know he's an action taker because I spoke to him off camera more than once, off mic more than once. He's an action taker, guys. That's the common denominator. Be an action taker. Go out there, take action today. Get it done. Make today the day that you change your life forever. All right, I'll talk to you next time. Okay, you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome, and I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room, and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, level jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now just start to the number 55444 so text just start to 55444 I will send you a free digital download of my book it's the complete book there's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me and I really really appreciate it guys so I want to do something nice for you I do this every once in a while at the end of shows and if you listen to the very end every once in a while I do a giveaway like this so hopefully you enjoy that go grab a free copy I hope you read it I hope you love it reach out let me know what you think all right guys talk to you next time